0: Um, it's good to be with you. And I trust that it's it's good for me to be with you as well. Um, but it is good to be with you today. And, you know, I, I do just want to ask that you continue to pray for Pastor Santiago. Uh, he's just not uh, feeling well. Uh, he's out today. He's on the mend, and he'll be be with us next week for sure. But uh just uh, want to give a shout-out if he's watching this morning. And just ask that you pray for, for him. <clears throat> so we've been in a series... Uh, in this, the last three weeks, this will be the fourth week, the final week, walking through our values. If you're not sure what our values are, you just need to turn your head to the right or to the left and you'll see them on the walls. Um, We tried to make them prominent. Um, Hopefully we succeeded at that, if you have a hard time reading those. Um, We wanted to make them stand out to make sure that you saw very clearly uh, what we're about. And so we've been walking through this series called This Is Why We Do It. This is why we do what we do. This is why. And, you know, we've heard the past three weeks, we went from go to love to live, and so this final week um, is, is this last one here. Kurt, say hi to everybody. Um, Kurt's going to be the star of the show today, but right above him is the give it away, okay? And, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, you may be asking, what is it? <laughs> we did that on purpose, right? Because it is very broad, how many would agree, you know? You can say it, and it can mean just about anything. And so, you know, we, we did that intentionally because it, there's a lot to that word, that little two-letter word. Now, some of you may be sitting here today, <clears throat> especially if it is your first time with us, and you're like, great. I got the, the week that he's going to talk about my money and how much they want it, right, and, and how much God wants it. Well, listen, I hate to break this to you, but God wants way more than just your money. He demands way more than just your money. He wants your heart. He wants your hope being. He wants everything in you because he's deserving of that. Amen? <clears throat> Sorry. And so, again, that's, that's what we're talking about. It is, is very deep, and there's a lot to it. <clears throat> and so we're talking about this word, and, and again, I think... When we talk about giving or give, we can kind of define that pretty easy, pretty easy if we were asked. But I want to just give us a little bit of a, just a short working definition just to kind of build from as we go. So this word give, uh, I, we would define or I would define it today as dedicating or offering something or oneself to others or to God. Okay? Dedicating or offering something or oneself to others or to God. So very simple, very, you know, kind of easy, I think, definition for us to work from. And, you know, I, I, as I was preparing and looking around, I, I love visual things, right? I don't know about you, but I love being able to see things or visualize things and kind of can tie truths to it. And um, if we have that picture, I want to pull this up. And this statue has always stood out to me. I don't know. Has anybody seen this before? It's a very powerful image. It's supposed to be of a father and a son, and the whole idea is that all those holes that are in the Father are pieces that he's taken from himself to build all those pieces that you see make up the Son. That literally he has poured parts of himself out to literally create and build the Son that's holding his hand. And, you know, as we see that and as we picture that, I love that kind of image in our mind because it's, it's really like that as we give ourselves to the Lord, the Lord requires parts of us. He requires all of us, right? But it, it's going to, and the way, what I want to assign to it today, are this idea of giving, or what we're looking at, is it's going to require sacrifice. You know, to, 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 to build a child or to pour into a child requires sacrifice, amen? We all would say amen in many ways. You know We see them as they grow, and we see them maybe make decisions that aren't always the best, and we know that roads that they might choose are, are not going to lead to the places they think, and our hearts grieve and they hurt, but yet we're still willing to kind of lay ourselves down, right? We're still willing to sacrifice. Why? For the sake of love. And so this idea of giving it away is, has so much depth, and it goes so much beyond... Again, we always seem to get caught up on the giving part, on the financial part, but it's so much deeper... Giving requires sacrifice, but listen, but it also requires the the right heart behind it, too. Especially when it comes to to giving to the Lord, it requires the right heart as we give. There's a story attributed to Charles Spurgeon, and it goes like this. He said, A gardener presents his king with the greatest carrot he has ever grown. The king is touched and responds by giving the gardener a large plot of land. A nobleman who witnesses this event decides it would be advantageous for him to present the king with his finest horse. He does so, and the king merely thanked him for the horse. The nobleman is confused, and so the king explains to him, that gardener was giving me the carrot, but you were giving yourself the horse. And I don't know if you understand what that's saying, but what it is it's the heart behind it. You see, that gardener took the very best thing that he had, the absolute best, a thing that is sacrifice for him to give, and gave it to the king because of his care and his love for the king, expecting nothing in return. And the king responded, his heart was moved towards that servant, and so then blessed this man with, again, this large plot of land. And the nobleman, as we saw, gave something that was of far, far more value and may have been the best, but what was the motive behind this nobleman's gift of the horse? It was for what? For gain, right? For another horse, for more horses, for more land, whatever it was, it was for his own gain not for the beauty of just giving something to, again, the king. And so it talks, we're, we're really looking then at what is what is our motive, what is our heart behind our giving, and recognizing that that, that is far more important than that the, the thing that's actually being given. And so we come to, to our, you know, the star of the show over here today, of this give it away, of giving it away. And as we come to that, and again, it's written on our wall, and the scripture that is below it reads like this, First Chronicles 1 Chronicles twenty nine thirteen through 14. And I'm going to read from the New Living Translation, and it says this. It says, O our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we could give anything to you? Again, this is uh, King David writing this. He says, everything we have has come from you and we give you only what you first gave us. I want to read that one more time. Everything we have has come from you and we give you only what you first gave us. So, where does everything we have, what is, as we sing, what is the, the breath in our lungs, where does everything we have come from? It's God, right? That's, that's the easy answer. But let me ask you this question Do we live like everything comes from God? Do we live that the very strength in our body comes from God? Do we live like every breath that we are able to breathe and exhale comes from God? Do we live that every cent, every dime, every every piece of money that passes through our hands comes from God? Or do we say that and act and live a different way? You see, there's, there's something in, in Scripture, and there's something that is very important. It was very helpful for, to me once I recognized and learned this, and that's this. There's a difference between stewardship and ownership. Stewardship and ownership. And I want you to think in your mind, you're probably very familiar with those two words, and I want you to think in your mind what those two words mean. Because you see, those are two very different words, aren't they? If I take my wallet out, and again, we're talking about the resources it represents, which are not a lot. But if I take my wallet out, and if I say, this is my wallet, is that true? Right? Now, let me ask you a question. Going back to the statement we just made, that everything that comes to me, comes through me, is the Lord's. And again, I don't want to get too crazy, but am I the owner of this wallet or the steward of of what it represents? I'm a steward, right? I mean, yes, this is my wallet if I see it on the ground. Or if you find this later, by the way, this is mine. (laughs) But that's my wallet that I have been placed in charge of stewarding what it represents. And so we have to understand that, and that's something we, it's a little bit of a verbiage change that or even here, is if you talk to any ministry leader, and if you're a ministry leader in this room, I want you to listen in case you haven't heard this, but we we do not say here that this is my ministry. You know, can I just break something to you? This is not my church, meaning you do not belong to me. I'm merely stewarding the ministry that God has placed and entrusted me to, and put me to in charge of, or given me charge of, I should say. Do you understand that? And so, for all of us, whatever it is that we're doing, we want to be stewards. Whatever area of ministry, if you are overseeing something, you are stewarding that ministry. And I always try to bring correction when I hear some, say somebody because there's some some things can happen sometimes in churches. Like, oh, that's my ministry. It's like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's God's ministry that you're stewarding. So let's make sure that we're clear on that, right? Because then it changes everything, doesn't it? We just steward, and we let God. It is all God's, and we're just stewarding what He has given us. Second Corinthians chapter eight. If you can turn there in your Bibles, or you can uh, follow along on the screens. I want to read uh, verses one through nine. <clears throat> and again, this will be from uh, this. This passage will be from the New Living Translation. But 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 9, and it reads like this. Again, the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth. He says this, he says, Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. Listen, that they are being tested by many troubles, and they are very poor, but they are also filled with the abundant joy, which is overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than we had hoped. For their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us. Just as God wanted them to do. So we have urged Titus who encouraged your giving in the first place to return to you and encourage you to finish this ministry of giving. Since you excel in so many ways, in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love for us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. I am not commanding you to do this, but I am testing how genuine your love is by comparing it with the eagerness of the other churches. Verse 9, you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, for, again, this whole uh, just message of giving. God, that, that again, as we look at the cross and we look at your son, Lord Jesus, um, God, We see just again the the most purest act of giving we could ever imagine. God, we pray that our hearts again would be open, that we would be able to receive, Lord, what you have for us in Jesus' name. Amen. So, again, this is quite a passage here. I don't know about you. I mean, as we read through this, we see some very, very important things. And we see uh, again that the church there it says it's being tested by many troubles. They're very poor, but what are they filled with? They're filled with abundant joy. How many love being tested in troubles and persecution? None of us. But do you know that we can walk through those and still be filled with the joy of the Lord? And so we see the church doing that. And it says, which has overflowed in rich generosity. So what is the direct correlation of generosity? It goes back to the joy of the Lord. It's regardless of situation. It has no, the situation has no bearing. Whether you're on the mountaintop, you're in the valley, whether you have a lot or you don't, it's the joy of the Lord is what comes up and produces the generosity, again, a rich generosity. And it says that they did it of their own free will. He's he's showing it wasn't coercion. It wasn't like pulling teeth. They were just generous. And it's almost this picture of almost saying, stop, (laughs) you're doing too much, right? Like they were just they just, they just want to be a part. They're like, we just want to be a part and, and just get in and do, and give and be generous. It says they even did more than they'd hoped than, than, than they had hoped. And so again, we see how important it is for generosity to abound in every area of our lives. Today, I just I, through the rest of our time, I want to just cover four. Well, I would say four kind of areas that we should be giving from, all right? Four areas to be giving from. So we'll start out first in this, this pot, which I would call, the, it's, it's our time, right? The time we have on this earth, the giving of our time. And here's the deal, that we are stewards of this deposit of time that God has afforded to us. And here's the, the challenging part that may not sit well with everyone, but here's the deal. We will be held responsible for the way in which we use it. One of our most precious gifts that God has given us is time. God doesn't, he doesn't walk with time, right? I mean, he, time is a man-made thing. It's, it's man. It's here. It's in, we are bound by time right now. But there is, there is a, an amount of time that each of us are given on this earth. There is a starting point, and there's an ending point. And it's, it's sometimes challenging, I think, for us to keep that in focus because especially as we walk through life when we're young and midlife and even as we get a little older, it just feels like we're always going to kind of just, we got, we got more time, we got more time, we got more time, don't we? But it doesn't take you to look very far to find somebody who thought they had a lot more time, but they no longer do. <laughs> and things get very real very quickly, don't they? Because we start to think about that. We start to think about how have I been a good steward of the time God has given me on this earth? You see, our time is more valuable than all the wealth in the world. Why? Because unlike money, we do not get time back. Right? You will never get those seconds. You will never get those minutes. You will never get those hours, those days, those months. You will never get those back. And so we have to be thinking, how are we spending? What are we investing in? Because our time here on earth is truly a gift from God. God alone is the one that determines what the span of our life will be. I'm going to say that again. God alone is the one that determines what our span of life will be. Because, why? For some, that's an encouragement. <laughs> God is the one that says when it's done. Regardless of, of what you're facing... God is the one that will be the final authority to say, "This is the point where you step into eternity," and no one, nothing can change that. <laughs> now, the flip side of that coin is the challenge when we don't understand the timing of it, right? As a lot of you know, and our you know we traveled south a few weeks ago for. Our, our close, close friend, you know, in her 40s, a mother of three that, that died suddenly. Not suddenly, but after a long battle with cancer. But that was, it wasn't a mistake. It wasn't because the doctors couldn't figure it out. It wasn't, it's not a mistake, is it? God knew from the moment she was born, and she, he knew exactly the moment she would breathe her last. And while we are trying to, you try to wrestle with those questions of, of you know, the timing... We can trust God that God was not taken back or was not surprised, amen? And so we trust him, that he is the one that holds our days, holds them all in, our, in his hand. But as I said earlier, we will be held accountable by God for how we spent our time here on earth. And you know, many of us are familiar with the parable of talents in the scriptures where there were five men and they were each given a portion of talents. One five, one two, and one one. And as if you, for those of you who recall the the parable, you know the one that received five and the one that received two went out and invested it, and they 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 doubled it. And then the one that received one, what did he do? He buried, he buried the thing. <laughs> he did nothing with it. And so when, again, the, the owner came back, and they said, he said, well, what did you do? How did you, what did you do with the, the talents that I gave you? And for the first two, it was all good and good to go. The, the last one, it didn't go so well. <laughs> and so we can look at that parable and ask, you know, where do we fall? <laughs> Have we been given much by God? And, and are we being faithful with that? Are we investing that? Maybe we've been given a, a little bit, but we're still supposed to be faithful and invest that. But even the one that had the least... There was an expectation, and again, that person squandered it. And I ask you this question, how many times, I ask myself this question, how many times have I squandered opportunities that have been presented to me by God? That God has put things in my path, has given me moments, and I've either squandered it or ignored it altogether. Why? Because I think I have more time. (laughs) I think it'll, it'll come back around again. You see, we are called to make the most of our time here on earth. I would call that quality over quantity, right? Quality over quantity. One of the saddest but also at the same time very encouraging and moving places on earth are the children's wards at the cancer treatment centers. And you watch these children walk through something that Most adults don't have to go through. Yet you see the perspective they have on life, the beauty that they walk through life, that that they that they cherish every every moment, even when the, the diagnosis is it's doesn't look good. It's not you don't have long to live, and they cherish every moment they have with their mom, with their dad, with their siblings. Quality over quantity. And some of those kids just living that short amount of time on this earth lived a higher quality of life than some people do in a lifetime. Why? Because they cherished every moment of it. You see, life is uncertain, church. In James chapter 4, 13, verses 13 through 15, it says he says this, it says, Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make profit, yet you do not know what, Tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. See, again, it's, there's, and don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with making plans, okay? <laughs> I don't want you to think that, I don't want you to think that's what I'm saying, but what I am saying is understanding that those plans aren't a guarantee. They're not a guarantee, You know, we must ask God, and that's I want to encourage us with our time. We must ask God for wisdom as to where we should invest our time. Listen to this, not every good thing is a God thing. You understand? Not every good thing is a God thing. What do I mean by that? There are a lot of things demanding your time. There are a lot of good things that are demanding your time. But not all of those good things are a God thing. Meaning, not all of those things are the thing that God maybe is calling you to do. That may be something in, even in here at this church. There may be an area of ministry that you have yet to step into because you either write yourself off or you don't have the time. And, and honestly, listen... I'm not saying that to, like, guilt you or anything like that. What I am saying, though, is be careful, because if that is the place that God is calling you to, obedience, but you spend your time doing 50 other good things, you're still walking in disobedience. I know you're getting more for the, than you hoped for this, this, this morning. Trust me, When preparing these messages are not fun either. <laughs> I feel like you came out of 12 rounds. You see, God is calling us to obedience. That's what it comes down to. You know, you could save, you know, you could rescue an old lady off the street that's about to get hit by a truck and go do CPR on a baby and save their life and run and, you know, I don't know, Whatever, milk a cow and help a farmer. I don't know. You could do all those things, and those are really nice, good things. <laughs> but again, if we're not doing the simplest thing, if, if, if whatever it is that God, and listen, let me, <laughs> God, praise God. Listen, if you're sitting there like, wow, oh, I wonder what does God want me to do? You know what God wants you to do. It's that thing that you keep trying to like, no, not that. That was some bad Mexican food, or you know. That's what God's calling you to do. Right? You all smiling at me, because you know I'm preaching the truth here, right? It's true. And so I want to encourage you, and, and you know, I'm being we're having a little bit of fun here, I know, but you know it, it doesn't take much to understand what God is calling you to do. Can I help you? Can I help you with something? If it's something like, hey, you know that person <laughs> that that's not, doesn't know Jesus that you see every day? And if you're praying about, should I share the gospel with that person or should I share my testimony with that person? Can I, can I just speak? Uh, God's t- saying yes. God's saying yes. Amen? We don't have to, there's some things we just know that God is calling us to. So where should we put our time? Where should we put our time? I'm glad you asked. We should put it in this, and we're going to have to move along here, because I can, I should probably broke this into a four-part series, just the serpent. Where should we put our time? Okay, simply in worship of God and meditation on his word, all right? That's a good starting point. That's, that's the starting point. If you are doing that and that alone, that will help you figure out a lot of the other things that we're talking about. Get into God's word. Uh, again, meditate on it and worship God. Just worship God. You know, all of us were designed for worship. you understand? Worship God. All right? Um, that that will go from there. Uh, next one is, is in work, all right? Do something. <laughs> All right. I'm not saying you have to, you know, build a, a skyscraper or something, but just do something. Don't be afraid and I know I know everybody here that we work, right? Whatever, I'm not talking about even just a 9 to 5 or collecting a paycheck. I'm saying do something. Do something. God has given you strength and breath. Do something with it. All right? Here's a good one. Everybody's going to say amen to this. We should put our time into rest. It's your chance. It's your one chance. It's not going to get better as we go. I promise. So All right, and rest. You know what strikes me as amazing is God created everything that we see in six days, and on the seventh day, I do not understand completely, what did God do? He rested. The God of the universe that I'm pretty sure does not get tired, you know why he did it, though? As an example to us. He established the Sabbath day, and how are we all doing on taking that Sabbath day of rest? Don't answer that. Just look at me, and they won't know it's you. All right? Rest is good. Just not 7 days a week, okay? <laughs> rest is good. We need rest. So make time for rest because again, that's how God has designed us. We also need to spend time with ones with our families, right? 1 Timothy 3:4 talking about elders or overseers, they must manage their own household well. All right? That means that, that again, we need to have time with our families. We need to pour into our kids or into our spouse or into our you know, brothers, sister, whoever, our families. We need to, to work at that. So make time for your family. And lastly, in fellowship. Again, don't, don't forsake this gathering. Don't forsake this body of believers. You know, we read in uh, 1 Corinthians 16, as Paul wrote, he said, for I do not want to see you or for I do not want to see you now just in passing. He says, I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord permits. And so we even see Paul was like, he was saying like, I don't want to just kind of high five as I go by. I want to spend some time with you, some quality time, right? Let me just give you another free nugget here that probably means putting your phone down too at some point when you're with them, okay? You don't have to say amen. It's okay. All right. So our time, that's one of the places that we need to, again, give it away. The next one is our talents. We, we, we talked about this a little bit, but you and I are both stewards of the deposit of abilities and skills afforded to us by God. We will be held responsible whether we have used them for his glory and the good of, of others or only for our own gain. just gonna let that simmer for a minute. You see, our talents, church, are given and sustained by God. Whatever we do well, and maybe we've worked at it, but it's only by God's grace. It could all be gone tomorrow, you understand that? It's only by God's grace, and it, it is sustained by God. Each of us have been given different talents. We know, we, we talked about the parable of the talents. And so our talents need to be three things, and they all start with the letter D to make it simple. First, our talents need to be discerned, all right? To be discerned with God, all right? We spend time with God and ask God, God what, what? How have You created me? What? What am I? What can I be good at? What are You calling me to?" And so we can discern these things. And then the second one is, after discerned with God, then we, we need to be—they need to be developed by God. And you know how you develop your talents? <laughs> by using them, right? By using them. This room is full of talented people, right? You guys are talented. The thing is, 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 is what, what are you doing to develop those things? And that's something I, I, we, you know, we want to be as a church, is always giving room for people to kind of step out and, and try to grow a little bit in those talents and what God's given them. And maybe you, know, you try it, and just, just, fair okay, listen, you may do that, and if somebody says, you know, I love you, but I think God may be equipping you with a different talent. We have to be open to that, amen? Yes, come on now. It goes both ways. We'll let you step into it, <laughs> but we'll also let you step out of it, right? <laughs> and then we maybe help you a little bit. And that's okay. doesn't mean we don't love you. It just means like, hey, maybe there's another place for you, amen? Yes. Hope you all come back next week. Um, <laughs> So our talents are discerned by with God, we're developed by God, and finally, again, the, the talents, and we kind of touched on this a little bit, they need to be deployed for God, right? Deployed for God. For God and to others. 1 Peter 4, verses 10 through 11, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks, as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves, as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. You know, I I visited a pastor in Chicago once of a pretty large church, and uh, as we met... We sat down and, and his, uh, you could say charcuterie, you know, charcuterie board, whatever, but it's you know, charcuterie, right? You get that French, it's very fun to say. Let's all say it together, charcuterie, right? There's your French lesson for the day, charcuterie board. We you know, it's the one with all the meats and cheeses and all that kind of stuff. And they, she comes in and she sets this down and it's just like, this is amazing. He's like, yeah, he goes. I never told her to do anything like this, but they wanted to, to do this. And, you know, when people come in for meetings and stuff, they wanted to, you know, put this down so it can be, you know, enjoyable in case they're hungry. And he sees, like, you know, they went, her and a few others, they went out and they researched, you know, and, and they, they practiced at doing this thing so they could do it really well, right? And so, you know, they're using this simple thing of making a tray of meat, cheese, and crackers and stuff, they're using it for the glory of God. They're, they're, they're serving others, right? And so, you know, that's that's the one thing. Like here, we would love to start. I know this is gonna sound super fancy, right? Coffee ministry. We want to start brewing really good, fresh, nice coffee, right? Somebody say amen to that. If you can't say amen to coffee, I mean it's Jesus and coffee, right? I mean, if you but that's that's a ministry. If you love coffee, you, could, you may have just found your calling in life, okay? And so, again, you know, these, there's many places. You don't realize the places or the simplicity. Listen, I used, to, I used to shine. There was a youth pastor. Sorry, I'm going a little too much. But the youth pastor, I, I shined his shoes. Not, not as a, like a servant kind of thing, but like I was in the military. And I noticed his shoes one day, and they were bothering me, especially because it's a platform, and you sit lower. And just I kept looking at his shoes. And I'm like let me take your shoes. Let me just take care of these for you. <laughs> Please. <laughs> and he did. He was, it was really awkward, as it probably should have been. But he's like, here's my stinky shoes, you know, that are old. And I took them, but I, I was in the military. Something like, I didn't have a lot of money, but hey, I can clean these, I can do these shoes for you. Right? So, you don't have to look far, is my point. All right? So, deploy them for the Lord. Why? Because, you know, you do that, you do simple things like that for somebody that maybe doesn't know the Lord. They're going to say, what is wrong with you? And they're like, "Well." I just love Jesus, and I'm, I'm, my pastor said I need to deploy my talents, so here you go, all right? So again, we talk about time. We talk about talents. Two more to go. Giving of our resources, right? Giving of our resources. Everybody's got a little tense. We are stewards of the physical resources that that have been made available to us for God's service in the way that he directs, all right? This is where our money and our our other resources come in. What are we doing with them? How are we stewarding them, right? How are we stewarding them? You see, there must be a practical recognition, church. Listen, as we talked about earlier, that all possessions come from him, right? Right? Well, no, that, that, that comes by me, you know, doing my job and all the advancements I've made and stuff Well, who allowed that? <laughs> who gave you the strength? Who gave you the, the, the brain in your head? Who did all that? You see, again, they all, it all comes from God, and, and, and He is the one who has imparted those resources to us to what? To own or to steward, right? Listen, I own a home. I know a lot of people here own homes. You might own cars. I I get all that. I'm not going to get into semantics here, but again, we are stewards of those things. We are stewards of those things. Okay? So when it comes to resources, I I, I love you guys, so I've got three A's for you. Ready? (laughs) It's just this weird pastor thing. I don't know what it is. Okay? First off, there's areas, right? Helping those in need is one area. There's, there's areas that we are going to, to, to p- apply our resources. All right? It's helping those in need. Um, I think of, you know, my wife here, Le- Leanna, as, as you may recall, she talks about, like, when we were doing donations for the yard sale, and she, that's when she made the reference to the holy underwear, right? She does it way better than I do, you know, unless Jesus wore them himself, as she said. It's holy underwear. But why? What are we saying? Don't give shoddy stuff, Okay? Give your best. Right? And again, if it's donating, I get it lightly used, all that stuff. But I've known people, and even there's a family member that, that was always notorious for they had really nice things. And kind of whenever they got tired of that, they would pass it along to somebody else. And it was it was decent, it was nice. But I wanted to ask the question: have you ever thought about actually buying that person the new thing? And you just hold what you have? It's, it's, again, it comes down to the heart, right? It comes down that it's so important. And, you know, we talk about the donations. We, here we have something called the Family Blessing Fund. And again, anybody heard of that before? I know we have some new folks and we don't always, you know, press it a lot. But the Family Blessing Fund is simply, when you go online, you can get the Family Blessing Fund. And that's to simply help people in this church, right? When they come into hard seasons or things like that, there's, there's resources available so we can help them, not just with our words or our actions even, but we can really do something even financially. So it's a beautiful place to give. We've blessed many families through that. Um, also, you know, we help those in need, but we also care for the vulnerable. Here we are today, perfect timing, right? We care for those who are vulnerable. And we talked about the refugees today through, this, through Exodus, this ministry James one twenty seven says, "Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this: to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself, um, un, uh, sorry, unstained from the world." And so again, you know, he's calling us to it's you know the orphans and the widows, of course, but it's to the least of these, right? To the outcast. That's who we're looking for. To those that are the most vulnerable. Around half of our mission's budget goes to supporting ministries that are directly helping widows and orphans. We have tremendous ministries in India and other places that are, that are impacting and, and finding these, these, these uh, vulnerable uh, people. You know, the thing we talk about all the time, too, you know, caring for the vulnerable, you know, sex trafficking, child sex trafficking especially. I know the, the recent film, you know, Sound of Freedom, uh, if you've seen that, it's, it's, it's a very powerful. But it's, remember, that's a true story. That's really happening. And yet we hear nothing about it, do we? You don't hear politicians. You don't hear high up people shouting from the rooftop. We should be. Our children are being exposed. I feel like every time I go on social media, you're seeing another camera shot of some, somebody's, four. I just saw one at a, a Walgreens or something, some four-year-old kid tried to get ripped out of his parents' arms right at the door. Why? Because those people are trying to make money, but they were going to go sell that child and, and Lord knows what would happen. There's no outrage. Let's not sit here and think, pretend like there's some big outrage. There's not. You don't hear about this stuff. Why? Because, because of this. Again, money is not evil. The love of money is, and that is what you follow back to. And people love money, even at the expense of the most vulnerable. And, of course, as we mention all, often, it's the unborn. And, and we as believers need to stand up for those who are most vulnerable, and that's, that's unborn children. Who cannot defend themselves. So, areas, these are some of the areas. Our attitude, all right, when it comes to our resources, is obedience to God's word and gratitude for God's generosity. We need to be obedient for what God says, and we need to do so with gratitude for God's generosity. And the third thing, areas, attitude, and our approach. 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and 7. And it says this the point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give, listen, as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. We should give willingly, cheerfully, regularly, and generously. All right? I wanted to go, I was actually going to dig out one. We have one of those long, the pole thing with like the basket at the end. You all just got freaked out, didn't you? I was gonna, I wanted to bring it out today and like go down the aisles and just kind of put it like in your face, like just you know, because that used to be right. That's how you you got to drum up an offering, okay? Remember the usher would stand at the end of the aisle and just kind of look at you for like a long period of time with a plate, right? How many times have we passed the plate since I since I've been here anyway? We have give boxes in the room. And we just encourage you, you be obedient to what God's called you to, right? We don't need to, you know why? Because if you don't give it, God's going to, he's going to pull it in somewhere else. <laughs> right? All right, let's bring this home. One more. Give of our time, give of our talents, give of our resources. And finally, and here's probably the hardest one, you're probably like, Pastor Dell, are you serious? Yes, I am. The final one is this, is giving of ourselves. Giving of ourselves. The worship team can go ahead and start moving forward. Giving of ourselves. Listen, we are stewards of the most unruly of all things. That is ourselves. Amen. Amen. I get so frustrated with myself at times. (laughs) Probably more than Sometimes, maybe not as much as my wife does, but I get frustrated, right? Because again, I, I I I realize that I need to give myself to my children, to my wife, to God, all of it, to this church. And to empty, it's an emptying of ourselves, right? And it's important, and God has called us to do that. We are stewards of ourselves. Jesus serves as the model of where we should be. 1 John, the other 3.16. 1 John 3.16 says this. says, by this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. And it goes on in verse 17 and 18. It says, but if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. We see Jesus Christ come to earth and grow up here. And as a man and as the son of God, fully God, fully man, he goes in and they did not, as it says in the scripture, they did not take his life from him. He laid it down. He emptied himself on the cross of everything. Why? So that we could have eternal life and relationship with our creator. So what do, we do our, what do we give ourselves to? A few things. Here we go. First to God, right? That's the first place. If you have yet to surrender your life to the Lord, today is the day. It should be the day. Give your life over to God and say, God, use this vessel as you see fit. We're also supposed to give ourselves over to one another, right? Emptying ourselves, helping one another, pouring out our, our time and our efforts and energy. Why? To, to, to serve one another. We give ourselves to holy living, right? Not out of, like, like, you know, regiment, and this is what I'm supposed to do, but because of how much when we start to realize, if we start, you know, in the word of God, and we, we love God with all our heart, the response is going to be, again, to live for him. And then God can do great things through us as we walk our life out in a holy, edifying way. We also want to give ourselves to service to God, right? Being faithful to what He's called us to. I'm not talking not necessarily like a full time, you know, go on a missions thing for the rest of your life. You don't, not everybody's called to that. But what has God called you to where you are? He's also, again, we should give ourselves to, to this, and this is a tough one, to a life of self denial, right? We love comfort, but sometimes, or all the time, if we just live our life just as a, as, a, as a living sacrifice, as we're called to be. And here's one, and again, this one may seem, I'm going to say this one, and this is going to seem like, yeah, that's, that's great, Pastor Dell, but he may even call us even to death, to martyrdom. That's one of the things in the church, you know, in the Western church, it's hard sometimes because you are know, like, well, you know, things are heating up here a little bit. It feels like, you know, God's maybe coming soon. But when we look at places where the persecuted church exists, those people have been living a life, literally every moment of every day, they're questioning if they're going to have the next day. Because they're being persecuted and they're being killed simply for professing Jesus as Lord and Savior. So don't think it's too far off. <laughs> don't think it's too far off. And I'm going to save that for another time, but... It's, it's it's concerning what, what we see happening at the rate things are happening. And I've heard it my whole life. I remember getting up and I couldn't find my mom because she'd gone outside or something. I thought the rapture had happened. You know, I lived in that whole thing because I heard every day, yeah, you know, Jesus is coming anytime. But I tell you what, and some of you understand what we're seeing, there's a lot of questions and there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. and it, And it does feel, you know, different. I would say that. But I just want to say this, but our our hope is not in what we see. Our hope is in the Lord, and he will sustain us. And again, there is a sifting happening, right? There's a sifting happening. So listen, as we close, time, talents, resources, ourselves, that's what we're giving. Give it away, right? This giving it away, it supports all the three other values, right? Love God and others, we give our love to God, we give it to others, We live life in relationship, both to God, relationship with God, and others. In this environment, that we are able to give anything of substance away. It's in relationship that we're able to give anything away. And lastly, we go to the lost, and this is where we give perhaps the greatest gift of all to others, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Would you bow your heads? Father God, we thank you, Lord, for today. I thank you, Lord, for this message. God, it's hard. (laughs) Lord, it's hard. Because we we are... we are just some, we're just not always good at giving. You know, we do, or maybe we give some, but Lord, a lot of times you're calling us to so much more. And God, even though we can read about it, even though we know it, even though we can quote the scriptures, Lord, that, that as we give, Lord God, that, that it's more blessed to give than to receive. But God, I pray that we would truly experience, Lord, as we pour ourselves out for others, as we give, Lord, generously to others, as we give in every area, Lord, as we talked about today, God, that, that you fill those areas up. God, that you bless us abundantly, that you bless us to overflowing, Lord. I pray for the people, Lord, in this room, for those watching online this morning, that they would truly know the the, the extravagance and abundance, Lord God, of of who you are as you pour your spirit out on your people, as you fill us, Lord God, with blessings that are, are not necessarily measurable here on earth, but are measurable on an eternal scale. God, give us the eyes to see, Lord God, those things that have eternal weight. Lord, give us the the eyes to see, Lord, those places and those people and those things that we need to pour our time, our energy and efforts into and our resources, Lord God. Things that you're calling us to. Give us the eyes to see this morning. God, I thank you. I thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing in the hearts of your people. God, I thank you, Lord, for everything, Lord God, that that you have given to us as we follow your example. We thank you for that in Jesus' name, amen.